The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Right now, though, want to switch things up. A little bit of entertainment for you. Give you something to think about besides all of this. It is at the home box office with our movie TV guy, Steve Stebbing. Hey, Steve. Hello, and I'm bringing all the darkness and, and <laughs> serial killers and and trauma and oh, oh boy, am I so much levity right now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. It's going to at least fill our brains with something yeah. else for the time being. It might not be yeah. candy, but it'll take our minds <laughs> off of, of this right now. You know what? Another great list of, of things to watch uh, this month. And let's start with the movies. And I want to start with this one. It's called Promising Young Woman. Take a listen. Every week, I go to a club. I act like I'm too drunk to stand. And every week, a nice guy comes over to see if I'm okay. You okay? are so pretty. I am a nice guy. Are you? I thought we had a connection. Okay. How old am I? What are my hobbies? What's my name? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. Mm-hmm. Promising young woman. You're saying, Steve, that this is one of the year's best. Absolutely. How, how can I put this lightly? This is a firecracker up the butt of toxic masculinity <laughs> because it is a gut punch. Uh, I mean, Carrie Mulligan gives the performance of a career uh, of her career. It's just my God. She plays a woman that has suffered some uh, unknown trauma in, in her life that you is kindly revealed as the movie goes along. But what she does now is she goes to clubs pretends she's drunk, pretends she's helpless, and these, uh, you know, knights in, 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 in uh, shiny armor come and bring her home and that, you know, make a move on her, and she gives them hell. And, uh, I mean, what a movie. Uh, you, will, you will have cringe moments. You will cheer. Uh, you will have very visceral reactions to this movie, and it comes from em- uh, Emerald Emerald Fennell, who uh, created the show Killing Eve. So she's already on such a role, not only as a creator, but as an actress, because she also plays Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown. Ha ha ha. I see. All right. This next one up. Uh, I really want to watch it, but I really don't want to watch it. It is called The Dissident. It's all about the absolutely brutal, horrific murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Take a listen. Jamal Khashoggi, prominent Saudi journalist and Washington Post columnist, has gone missing after visiting his country's consulate in Istanbul. His fiance saw him go in at 1 p.m. and was still waiting for him at 1 a.m. Saudi Arabia now suddenly is admitting that Khashoggi did die inside that building. I know why Jamal was killed. It's because of her. Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps just listening mm-hmm. to this, Steve. Tell me about it. Yeah. And, and I, I applaud you for the bravery of bringing this one to the air because uh, I, I, it just hasn't been brought up uh, on, on air before, it feels like, at this point. Uh, but this is a documentary, yeah, about the blatant murder of the of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi uh, at, the, at the orders of the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I mean, this is a hard movie for, for anybody to sit through. And it was definitely a hard movie for any studio to want to put out because all of them declined. And it ended up, ended up having to be put out on YouTube uh, as part of their paywall program uh, to actually get any eyes on it, which is... Uh, just shocking because now we've got we've gotten uh, you know over a over two I think two years now past mm-hmm. uh, the death and has anything happened has Jamal Khashoggi's name really been brought up at all and the answer is no it hasn't. All right, number three. This one keeps coming up on my uh, you need to watch things when I'm scrolling through on uh, on the television. It's called One Night in Miami, and it sounds fantastic. This movement that we are in is called a struggle because we are fighting for our lives. This ain't about civil rights. They ain't giving black people what they really want. What's that? Power. Black power. I like the sound of that. A fictional account of one night where Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown get together talking about civil rights. Again, goosebumps, Steve. Absolutely. And, I mean, this one was directed by Academy Award winner Regina King, uh, who just keeps giving just incredible work, uh, this time behind the camera, giving all of her uh, incredible chops to the, these uh, these four young actors. All of them should be uh, looked at for, for future awards. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you can find this one right now on Amazon Prime. Uh, I didn't seem to have a massive ad campaign, uh, like, uh, in Canada. It, the U.S. seemed to push it a lot more. Uh, but word of mouth is going to make this one very popular. Okay, that one is called One Night in Miami, so check it out, Amazon Prime. Okay, we don't have any audio for this next uh, for this next movie, but I did see the ad for it the other night. It is called... Um, Penguin Bloom, and it's a true story? Yes, uh, this is an Australian film that stars Naomi Watts and uh, Andrew Lincoln, who people will remember from The Walking Dead. And uh, Naomi Watts plays the mother of three boys who is in a, a brutal accident uh, while on vacation in Thailand that leaves her uh, paralyzed in a chair. Uh, her son brings home a wounded uh, magpie from the beach that uh, can't seem to fly and her and this bird find this common bond together it's so interesting if i could go and nominate it nominate a bird for an academy award i would nominate this bird because it is emotive it knows it's blocking to jump in in the right places it's following direction like come come on like you're gonna see this bird going up against gary oldman like in my dreams this happens (laughs) <laughs> you say that all of the performances are great, and uh, mm-hmm. and I love it that uh, that you love the bird as well. Okay, one more when it comes to movies, then we'll switch gears. Justin Timberla- Timberlake back on uh, in a movie. It's called Palmer. Let's find out about it. That boy, that's Sam. His mama took off. He'll be staying with us till she's back. You know you're a boy, right? Mama's coming back. He's gonna have to go in the system. There's something seriously wrong with that kid. How many boys do you see on that show? None. What does that tell you? That I can be the first. 
Okay, so Justin Timberlake in this movie, Palmer, plays a high school football star who went from hometown hero to convicted felon. Tell us more. Yeah, uh, this has him playing a recently uh, released felon that goes back to a small uh, Louisiana hometown uh, and finds redemption in kind of being the surrogate father uh, of a, a boy uh, who's going through some serious uh, gender identity issues and trying to find out who he is. And uh, Timberlake is a guy, uh, we know him as a talent, especially when it comes to music, songwriting, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, as far as acting, he's never been as somebody that wowed me. And that all changed with Palmer, because what a performance he gives in this movie. Uh, just so much soul. And I mean, this entire film is directly on his shoulders, and he's, he excels. All right, it, it is at the home box office with our movie guy, Steve Stebbing. You can find out more. His website is stevestebbing.ca. Always has great lists up there that you can check out. We talked about movies, his, his recommendations for movies, the full-length ones in the last segment. Let's go into some of the the series that he's saying is, is worthy of checking out. And I have to tell you, <laughs> some of you are going to get mad at me at this one. Um, the first one he's uh, suggesting is season nine. I can't believe it's been on for nine seasons of Letterkenny. Play it, Kellen. <laughs> town people don't say brunch, just like town people don't wear fedoras. I know lots of town people who wear fedoras. But do you care to? It's like Sopranos level baller. Christopher. Let's get hammered. Your terms is acceptable. Good word. Better, Kenny. Nice ring to it. Doesn't get much better, Kenny. All right, I'll have to be honest with you, Steve. I've never watched one show, one even one episode of this. I don't know what a letter Kenny is. <laughs> <laughs> letter Kenny is a town. It's a state of mind. It is a state of being. Uh, is that philosophical enough there? Um, it's basically, like, on the outside, this one looks like farmland trailer park boys. Like, I, I won't lie. That's okay. exactly what it looks like. Uh, but once you get into the series, once you're, 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 you're even a few episodes in, you start to see how sophisticated the comedy writing is in this and, and how, how there's a long game to some of this uh, and, and the payoff to it. Uh, and the character writing, I mean, Jared Kiso, the creator and the lead star of this show, uh, is just like one of the most special Canadian talents I think we have currently on television right now. And uh, I mean, it just it constantly keeps getting better and constantly evolves. I love it. Is, is, is Letter Kenny a Canadian production? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's actually produced by Bell media oh oh okay okay well apparently i'm gonna have to watch a couple of episodes my husband has been watching um the season one of cobra kai (laughs) he's saying that he's loving it season three out already on netflix take a listen the whole reason these kids got into trouble was because of us we can't let them suffer because of our issues the only way to end this is by working together so what do you say your enemies think they're the hero, and you're the villain. There is no good. Look at this freak. There is no bad. Only weak or strong. What are you, Tango and Cash? <laughs> no, Tango and Cash were narcotics detectives. Oh, I'm sorry. 
you do realize neither one of you are cops, right? <laughs> Steve, <laughs> tell me that Cobra Kai doesn't ruin or won't ruin my memories of Karate Kid from when I was 11 years old. No, I don't, I don't think so at all. I think it is a very loving approach to that source <laughs> material. Um, and, and it's so much like a rags to riches story because this one, uh, this series was originally created by Sony for the YouTube Red brand. Uh, but then uh, for season three got bought by uh, Netflix and because Netflix wanted a piece of the pie and they wanted to continue it themselves. And I mean, rather than following uh, Daniel exclusively, this one is is uh, follows William Zabka's character. Like, this is a continuation of his character who's never kind of lost that T-top uh, Firebird feeling and everything. And he <laughs> is kind of like reminiscent about being the old days, being the dominant dude. And that's why he reopens mm. the Cobra Kai studio, uh, studio and everything. And oh, this show is just so good. And Zabka... I mean, what a career revival for this guy. Like, what yeah. a fun performance he gives. I thought season one just came out. I thought we just talked about this a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they brought the one and two very quickly, and then they, okay. uh, in, in, in anticipation for season three, which they actually released at the be uh, beginning of this month a week early. All right. Um, next up, Nicolas Cage. I think we might have talked about this in the past. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think if I remember correctly, these are quite short little uh, episodes. It's called The mm -hmm. History of Swear Words. My goodness, I hope this is edited properly. <laughs> swear words are the most popular and alluring taboos we have, but the secrets to their strange power have been shrouded in mystery until now. Join me on a journey through the history, evolution, and cultural impact of swear words. Words don't start out as swear words. They're just words. Somebody decided at some point that this is a swear word. There's an acronymic etymology, fornication under consent of the king. Okay, there we go. Um, please don't swear. Um, this is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> this is Nic Nicolas Cage. And I'm hearing really great things about this little series. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a lowbrow documentary masquerading as high highbrow uh, with Nicolas Cage kind of presenting everything. And each episode follows a different swear word. But, I mean, you have some of the connoisseurs, you'll say, as swear words, uh, kind of giving their thoughts on it, like uh, Sarah Silverman, uh, Jim Jeffries, uh, just so many different people uh, jump in and kind of give their thoughts on the history of each swear word, the best uses of them, uh, the effectiveness of them, and yeah, Nicholas Cage just kind of all tethers it together from just like the most hilarious set where he's got kind of a high back chair and a hearse and everything, and it looks like Masterpiece Theater, like it's it's so well put together. A lot of fun. I don't really only expect uh, one season because how many more swear words can I go through? Well, we'll see, I guess. All right. So <laughs> on Netflix is the next one, and we're getting to the end of our list. I saw this. We scrolled past it the other day. I wasn't sure what it was about, but Fran Lebowitz uh, in it, and it, I'm going to get you to explain it, but take a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Fran Lebowitz. People frequently are infuriated by me because I'm filled with opinions. In New York, there are millions of people, and the only person looking where she's going is me. I should write a manifesto, the title of which would be, Pretend It's a City. It would take one subway ride for the Dalai Lama to turn into a lunatic, <laughs> raging person. Okay, it's called Pretend It's a City. What is this all about? 
Yeah, this is essentially like a love-hate letter uh, to the city of New York from one of its mm. longstanding citizens, Fran Leibovitz, who is just a, an incredibly great, dry humorist. Uh, and they present this as like a, just basically like a conversation between her and legendary director uh, Martin Scorsese, who is one of her good friends. And yeah, she's basically talking about the or you know the, the beginnings of her time in New York, the the simple little microcosms that make up New York, being approached on the street to give tours of New York. Like it, it's <laughs> kind of everything. And from her point of view, she is the funniest little lady. And uh, I mean, each episode, they're, they're about 22 minutes each. And they're just little bundles of joy and sardonic nature, essentially. All right. Uh, the next one is called Night Stalker. Kellen, we don't have time to play the audio, but it's uh, Night Stalker, the hunt for serial killer. It's on Netflix. I love like docu-series like this. Uh, which serial killer are we looking for this time? This is uh, Richard Ramirez, who is known as the Night Stalker. Uh, and I mean, this man looked like uh, just he looked like a serial killer. He looked like the devil. He looked evil. Uh, so this is kind of first-hand accounts of people that lived uh, to cross that cross his path and lived to tell about it. Uh, his court case and everything, where he actually had groupies trying to ask him for his oh hand in marriage and everything. I mean, the man smelled like a dead body, had rotting teeth and everything, but still. I know, got these very psychotic women to love him. Uh, it's just a weird, twisted tale. Okay, so there you go. Um, if you're interested in the list, let me know at 780-496-0063. I will send it off to you. Maybe I can talk Steve into putting it up on his website. It's stevestebbing.ca. It's the home box office. With Steve, thank you for joining me. We'll talk to you thank next you. month. I always love it.